Hello, this is Magenta Giraffes with me, Simona Roy, recording this on April 18th, 2022. Hi, everyone. Uh, if you notice, I if you connect the dots, the 18th is actually a Monday. It's not a Sunday, so I'm not recording on my usual day. For no good reason. Yesterday was Easter. It's not like I did anything for Easter. We don't do, we used to do stuff like when I was a young babe. Uh, we did the Easter egg hunt and all that stuff, but that lasted very few years. Uh, so no, I didn't did not record because it was Easter. I should have recorded yesterday. But, you know, honestly, the thing that took up a lot of my mental energy was I had to watch this scary movie for this class that I'm taking. So I'm taking um, a screenwriting lab. And I mean, I guess I haven't really talked about the other things that I want to do on this podcast, but I am a writer and I've been writing some screenplays and I haven't ever really been trained, but I've worked with an editor and all of that stuff. But I figured like, you know, I think education is always really important. And I even thought about, should I, you know, take classes at Tisch for writing and things like that? But even, um, what are they called? Like, the profession, you know what I'm saying? Like the professional courses or whatever, the ones that, you know, are not, you don't have to be, um, you don't have a degree in, but whatever, you know what I'm saying? I think you do. Anyways, one of those classes, which is the same as what they would teach in a regular semester for somebody who is doing it for a degree, it was like $5,000. And I'm not going to spend that on something that I'm not even getting a degree in. So I looked into alternatives. I found this class. It's with, you know, um, run by professional writers who live in LA. So it's virtual and much more affordable. So it's my first uh, official screenwriting class. So I'm starting this class and we had to watch two movies before the start of the class as we're going to be talking about these two movies throughout the course. The first one is Crazy Stupid Love, which I've seen multiple times. I'm probably going to watch it again just to brush up or maybe not, but I think I should. Let, I'm trying to be a good student here. The second one was The Conjuring. And I do not like scary movies. You know, when I was younger, I thought I'd be able to handle things. Uh, no. So I've really learned in my old age that I, I don't take well to a scary movie and I avoid them at all costs. And I was not looking forward to watching The Conjuring. And in order to watch it, I made my dad watch it with me. And it was yesterday. And we watched it at like starting at 1130 a.m. in broad daylight. And I also watched it in our main TV room because that's not where I usually watch stuff. So I didn't want to associate it with my watching situation. <laughs> so trying to take away any psychological extra factors that would cause me distress. <sighs> and what can I say? Well, as far as scary movies go, it wasn't the most scary movie. You know, I still think The Ring was really, really scary. I mean, she's coming out of the TV and all I do is watch TV. So that's always really scary. Um, you know, I still the scariest movies to me to this day are Nightmare on Elm Street because my mom took me to see those when I was really young probably under the age of six because she always wanted to appease my cousin and he wanted to go see them and she couldn't leave me home alone. So she took me with them. 
not the best parenting choice, I have to say. <laughs> um, and also, I can't even watch it to this day. I think that they're actually really, really scary movies. Like the idea that somebody's coming into your dreams so you can't even sleep. And, you know, I think he only attacks like sexual teenagers or something. But he's also like a pedophile. I don't, you know, or like did stuff with kids or just killed kids. And then, you know, supposedly died in a fire. I think that's the Freddy Krueger background. So I think that Freddy Krueger is the scariest to me. And I, I sometimes I have the crazy notion that I should watch it again as an adult, but it's never it's never a good idea. And I have watched it again as like in my 20s, I think. And it was not a good idea. So I won't be watching Freddy Krueger anytime ever again. I guess unless, you know, somebody was like, I will pay you a million dollars to watch all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I'll be like, all right, fine. I'll watch them. Anyways, so I had to watch this movie, The Conjuring. And it wasn't that scary. But the thing that really freaked me out was a, you know, with this podcast, all of the new spiritual ideas that I believe in and all that. So this was basically about a a, a demonic possession um, of a house and the people in it. And it was based off of a true story. So that kind of freaked me out too. And the, you know, from a technical standpoint, the movie was done really well. I don't think it needed a huge budget. There weren't many special effects. And it was basically just filming at like one or two locations, you know. Um, so that was really well done. I think the script was really good. And um, it was like simple as far as scary movies go, but very effective. And, but I was worried because I'm like, you know, now I believe in spirits and all of that. So the conjuring is saying that that's real, but it's also talking about malevolent spirits. And, you know, um, here's where like my logical side was like, I don't buy into this and I don't believe it. Um, just because the movie says it's based on a true story doesn't really mean anything because what is true, this these people, it's Ed and Lorraine Warren from the 1970s and they're very Catholic and believe in Satan and, you know, God and heaven. And basically, I was reading a Wikipedia article because I was talking to my therapist about this today because I was like, I just don't want to be scared of scary movies. And I was like, this one freaked me out because it was based on a true story. And she's like, well, did you Google it? I'm like, no, I didn't Google it because I was worried about what I would find. But I did Google it right before recording this. And I read a Wikipedia article. As we know, Wikipedia is the best source for everything. But um, so talked about them and what they, you know, um, all the cases that they have done. And so The Conjuring is based on the the Perron family and or Perron. I don't really know how to pronounce it because they don't really say it in the movie. But um, they also had something to do with the Amityville horror story and all that stuff. But basically, you know, a footnote of the article kind of was like, well, they believe that people who don't believe in God are the ones who... Um, get possessed. And it's interesting because this family that was supposedly possessed weren't really like baptized or they weren't baptized. They weren't Catholic, I don't think. So, you know, there there we go. There's the suspension of all of it. Um, and also the fact that like, sorry, spoiler alert here, the way that they get rid of the demon, this crazy demon possession is all they, you know, all they do is he speaks from the Bible in Latin and then throws holy water on the lady and that was it. 
that was all that needed to be done to get rid of this demonic possession of, you know, and apparently it was like a witch from, you know, the Salem witch trial era. And she really was a Satanist and she killed her son as a sacrifice to Satan and then hung herself from a tree or something. I don't know, whatever. And so her spirit, like she cursed her land and she didn't want anybody to like live on it. So everybody who lived on it, like ended up, you know, kind of like killing themselves or killing their children or killing, you know, whatever. So it was a lot to swallow, <laughs> to, to say the least. And, you know, I just couldn't wrap my head around the fact that, like, that's all you had to do. Like, these arbitrary things, you know, um, I find so like the logical side of me was like, well, this isn't scary. And also it's like, what does a true story mean? It means nothing. And this article was good because it also talked about all the criticisms that they've had and, you know, basically that they're fraudulent and, um, and they're obviously, they have a lot of, you know, they're very religious and, you know, everybody who's not a Catholic is basically bad in their eyes, you know? So that kind of you know, Googling it helped. And I was worried about it because I was worried that I was going to find all this new evidence that all this stuff was real, but it wasn't. And now, now maybe I can rest assured, but it was hard going to bed last night. I'm not going to lie. Um, there's a scene in the movie where one of the, 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 the there are like five daughters in this family, first and foremost, which is like a lot. And, um, but one of the girls was sleeping and her legs were exposed. And so like the demon kept on like grabbing her legs while she was sleeping and she thought it was her sister who was sleeping in the same room. And then finally, like she woke up and then she, uh, realized it wasn't her sister. <laughs> How's that scary? I don't know about you, but I think that's scary. So last night when I was trying to sleep, I was like, something better not grab my legs because I would freak the fuck out. But at the same time, it's like we've lived in this house forever. Like as far as I know, there's no demonic possession in this house. And also, I don't believe in an inhuman evil spirit. I don't believe in that. Like from everything that I've learned through these mediums that I have watched and worked with, you know, it doesn't seem like spirit is evil. Um, spirit is just, you know, learning from their lives and trying to get better with each life that, you know, they're reincarnated in. And, um, and I think that if we're talking about evil, Evil, I think, can just be found in humanity. I don't think that there's like some evil entity. I think the universe is neutral and all of that. I can't imagine that there's like some something down below that is just pure evil and wanting to make everything horrible. Like I cannot wrap my head around that. So I can't buy into that. And the fact that he in the first um because the first scene of the movie, it's um, they talk about Annabelle, the doll. Ugh, God. And, you know, if you know anything, there are all these Annabelle movies, which are like, ugh, no, thank you. But basically, they say to these two girls who have this Annabelle doll um, that the doll is possessed by an inhuman spirit. And it's just like, what the fuck is that? Like that? I don't every spirit like what? No, that's where you lost me again. I think that humanity is has evil in it. We all know this. Like people can be evil. I don't think you can call a crocodile evil. You know, I don't think animals are evil. I think evil lies within us. There's nothing inhuman about evil. Like evil is all encompassed in humanity. 
if that makes any sense. So, yeah, I mean, now knowing that they're kind of religious zealots and, you know, kind of, I believe that they're frauds, great for, you know, movie telling purposes and storytelling purposes. Um, and I also like, I love Vera Farmiga. I think she's such a good actress. Like, I want to see her in more things. Um, but everything she does is very, like, she's got a great way of like subtly acting. Like she's not over the top. I mean, yes, like it just feels so real with her. There's there's never any affect or putting on. She just so embodies such a real realness. And so I really loved her portrayal of Lorraine. And I think that I think Patrick Wilson was the guy who played Ed. And he's great too. Like I don't really I don't always love Patrick Wilson. But um, in this like movie, I was like, oh, it's like, is Patrick Wilson hot? <laughs> like, and that's all I was thinking about. Um, but there was a certain gravitas that he brought to the role of Ed that I was like, oh, yeah, this is attractive. And I really love them as a couple. They had really good chemistry. Um, but I love that Vera. She's really good. Um, and everybody else is great. I mean, you know, Ron, what's his name? Ron, who was... Um, who played Burger and Sex in the City was in it. Um, and then somebody named Lily something. You, you'd recognize her, I feel. So there were some. And then Joey King, who I heart because of all those Kissing Booth movies. Um, and she's definitely a star in her own right. So there were a lot of, um, I felt like it was kind of a star-studded cast, in my opinion. Um, and everybody did a really good job. But what I'm mad about is that this class made me watch a scary movie that um, was not good for my mental health. But at the same time, it's like then I Googled it and I'm not so scared because I think they were frauds. That's my two cents about The Conjuring. Uh, what else? Well, I'm basically dealing with my anxiety constantly of starting this new job. And I start on the 25th, a week from today. And it's really setting in, you know, the idea of like starting over learning new things. I don't even know my exact hours. I don't know if I get a lunch break, all of these things that are kind of like weighing on me, but I'm going to get the answers soon enough. But, you know, I know it's healthy to feel a certain sense of anxiety, but I just wish I didn't feel anything. <laughs> and um, I really hope it's smooth sailing next week. I, you'll know. But I have a lot of anxiety of my the upcoming start of the new position. So I just, you know, I have that feeling of like, I just want to hold on to time and I don't want it to move forward. And it's, um, it's not a good feeling because you, I mean, we can't do that. <laughs> as much again and it's always very surprising that no matter how hard I wish for something and it doesn't it like when it doesn't happen I'm always surprised like wait but I wished so hard for it I wished so hard to stop time or to go through a Groundhog's Day loop you know and it still didn't happen so I talked uh back to, from the early part of last week's episode because it was the JLo episode um so sorry for anybody who didn't want to listen to all of that, but I wanted to listen to all of that. So there you go. Uh, I did talk about my food hoarding tendencies with my therapist and, um, you know, she thinks that it's attached to the traumatic memory of all the things that I was dealing with with food when I was younger. And um, she'll probably do some EMDR techniques with me. And we actually did it today. And um, I don't know what EMDR 
stands for. I should have Googled it, but I don't care. And basically, it's like kind of a tapping technique, but it's not tapping because tapping is something different. But you basically tap your chest with your hands and you're trying to connect your logical thought to your emotional response or vice versa. And so I think in the future, when I'm feeling this very strong feeling of needing to get food just to have it around me, maybe I will employ this technique. But I think that it's a technique that needs to be practiced. Like, so, you know, she wanted me to connect today the um, idea of how I felt confident about my previous job and taking that feeling into the new one and knowing that, yes, there, you know, might be times where I'm worried because I don't know how to do something or whatever. But the fact is that I'm a quick learner. And, you know, if I told my younger self when I started my last job that, like, I was so worried in the beginning, but I had nothing to worry about. And I think about that sometimes of just how I wish I could go back in time and be like, don't worry, this is the easy part. It's going to get harder. So you might as well enjoy it. Um, And I do want to go in with that feeling in this new job of not that it'll get harder, but that, you know, it's okay to take your time and there's not a rush. But that's not always practical. There could be a rush. There could be like, I don't think I'm going to be thrown to the wolves, but you never know. And I think there's just that's where the anxiety stems from. It's a lot of not knowing. But maybe EMDR will help. It's kind of a meditative technique. So I think it can only help, but it probably needs, you know, it's like a muscle that needs to be worked out. So we'll see. But, you know, the food hoarding is coming from a traumatic memory. So that's something to think about. And then I wanted to talk about another movie, Turning Red. I watched that, you know, this past weekend. And um, I'd been wanting to see it for a while because I'll watch anything like Disney Pixar. I love those. They're very well done. Um, And this one was really touching because I felt very nostalgic. You know how nostalgic I am for the early aughts and late 90s and things like that. And so this movie was set in 2002, the year I graduated high school. And it was about um, a Chinese girl. I believe she's Chinese. And... She is coming into puberty and, you know, it's kind of a metaphor for your period, but I think it's a metaphor for like puberty, essentially. And, um, you know, she wanted to be and she was always a perfect girl for her mom and listen to her mom all the time. But then as puberty kicks in and she becomes emotional and, you know, starts turning into this panda, um, you know, the relationship with her mom gets frayed. And she's not as forthright. And it's hard for her mom to believe and it causes a disconnect and things like that. And also her mom doesn't always like didn't fully assimilate into American culture, right? Like they're they're keeping this temple open and all this stuff. So she's not. Oh, and also it's not American. I should say it's Canadian. But yeah, so, you know, it was a lot of stuff that hit close to home. And it, I, you know, couldn't I couldn't help but think about my mom during this whole movie and the relationship that I had with her and this mom this Asian mom was very strict and didn't want her listening to like you know popular music and things like that but she loved this boy band called Four Town you know um and so it just reminded me of my childhood 
And but the thing is, my mom was really cool and she wanted to know all of the new music that, you know, that was around and she knew everything and she knew if it was an NSYNC song, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I mean, she didn't care too much about the boy bands, but she definitely cared about pop music. And so, you know, that part of it wasn't relatable um, because my mom would take me to a concert and would go with me and would want to sing like along and like would enjoy the whole thing. Um, But I think that the part that, you know, was relatable was the the relationship that changes obviously you know I was very much a goody good growing up like telling my parents everything but you know there was there was a point when I had um I had a boyfriend in middle school and it was like by name only like we didn't do anything we didn't kiss I think we held hands that was like the only thing. (laughs) And I remember just being forthright and telling my parents that I had a boyfriend and it was like, they're like, they were so dramatic about it. Like they were like, you're not allowed to, this is crazy. And then I remember there were just days where like, maybe it wasn't days. It felt like days because I was young, but, um, basically like my mom would tell me your dad is so disappointed in you that you have a boyfriend. And I just felt so bad. But, you know, it made me think like, okay, maybe I shouldn't tell my parents everything (laughs) because their reaction is out of control and not normal for what I see everybody else's parents reactions about. Like, why are why is this a big deal? I have a boyfriend. All I wanted was a boyfriend. I've always wanted a boyfriend, like growing up, you know, and they just made me feel really, really bad. They made me feel like a bad daughter. And, you know, I haven't talked to my dad about it recently. Maybe I'll bring it up a bit like you made me feel like a bad daughter because I had a boyfriend in middle school. I might say that. Um, But it was like totally dramatic and insane. But at the same time, it's like, you know, they came from India. You know what? uh, 11 year old has a boyfriend in India at that time. Maybe they do now. Um, But so it just, you know, the whole movie was. It was really sweet movie. I really loved it. It just reminded me so much of how I grew up. Um, But not, you know, my mom was cool. And, you know, the character's mom was not that cool. She was a little too high strung. But then I remember how my parents reacted about, you know, my middle school boyfriend. So I could relate. So highly recommend uh, Turning Red. I don't recommend The Conjuring unless you like scary movies and you like like medium scary movies. Medium meaning like, I don't know, light, medium, dark. (laughs) Not medium as in like psychic medium. So those are my two movie reviews. Um, And then also my mom came into a dream the last night or two nights ago. And basically, I was howling crying because we both realized that she didn't have an like, she didn't have much time. And so she was writing me and it was kind of like the dream was like a movie. So I was howling because she was dying. And then it went to her perspective. And she realized she was dying as well. So she wanted to write me a message in this book. That was like some sort of affirmation book or something. I don't know. And so she was writing me a message in the book um, or something or on the book. And it was page 103. That's all I remember from the dream. 
And on the back cover of the book, it was like, you know, a soft paperback book. She had, you know, written so hard on a piece of paper that it like made indentations on the cover. So in my dream, I was like, okay, like, I don't know where this message is, but she wrote something on this back. So I was going to shade it with a piece of paper to like pick up the the etching of it. But then I, I woke up, but the only message that I remember from the dream as she was writing was um, to be brave. And I mean, that's what my dad says to me all the time. And I'm not surprised that that's the message that came through. It's like, always be brave, be brave, be brave. And I just like, don't want to be brave. I don't want to do anything. I just want to be in a cave and hide from the world and not work ever again. That's what I want. <laughs> um, But, you know, it's a good message. And now I feel like forever, I will look at page 103 of every book I read to see if I can um, glean a message from her. So, I mean, I think that's all I got for this week. I mean, I mostly talked about movies and stupid things. And also, you know, what's really weird. I'll end it on this um, weird note. Uh, I've noticed that when I cough, I sound like my mom. So that's weird. But um, I always think of her when I cough because I'm like, oh, this is exactly how she sounded. To me, at least. So on that note, hope you guys have a great week. And all I'll say is bye.